What's up, everybody? All right, we are uh, getting live here for the Q&A show. We're going to let a few people come in. Uh, Dr. Rogers is uh, getting ready. Uh, if you're with us, um, say hello. Uh, see if you can if you can hear me okay, if everything, if my signal's all right. Um, I hope it is. I think it's, I think it's going to be. Um, but anyways, I hope everybody's having a wonderful evening so far. Uh, this is the live Q&A show. Uh, we're going to get uh, Dr. Rogers in here and go over some health and wellness questions. Uh, hello, Beverly. Uh, hope you and Dwight are doing wonderful. Thank you for saying hey. Um, we're going to have a really good show tonight. we got a lot of great questions, uh, a few COVID questions, a few vitamin questions. Um, if you are on the email list, uh, hello, Patty. How are you? Great to see you. Um, if you guys are, um, if you've checked out the website or our YouTube channel, we've had a video called Plan Your Vitamins. Uh, Donna and Steve, how's it going? Um, uh, Plan Your Vitamins. It's going to be a really, really cool one. Um, I hope everybody got a lot out of it. Hello, Tracy. Great to see you. Always great to see you. Um, so check out the, the Plan Your Vitamins video. Uh, we've been discussing a lot lately about uh, how to take your vitamins uh, with food, without food, what should be taken with uh, a certain vitamin and what shouldn't. We go over all those um, in this week's Common Sense episode. Uh, so be sure to check that. And if, you, if you're a reader, uh, check it out. Uh, there's an article about it on the website. Um, hello, Barbara. How's it going? All right, I'm going to bring Dr. Rogers in. And um, Karen, I definitely will. I, I will say hello to Andy as well as Dr. Rogers. Uh, in fact, I'm just going to go ahead and say, uh, Dr. Rogers, Karen says hello. Hey, Karen. <laughs> I know you like I know you like Andy better than you do me. But hey, everybody <laughs> likes Andy better than me. I, you I know, walk in the room nowadays and, and I say hi to the patient, and, and they obviously look disappointed, and they go, "Oh, I thought I was seeing Andy today." <laughs> and uh, so I can't. I can't. I've been feeling I that. Can't way. blame him. Can you blame him? I mean, really, can you, you can't. Blame him? You can't. I've been dealing that uh, with that my whole life as his big brother. You know, whenever I uh, go in yeah. and and uh, see somebody that's his friend, they're like, "I uh, wish you're wish you're Andy," but that's okay. Terry, what's yeah, going on, man? I'm gonna put Terry up here. I always like to see Terry. Um, I think does Terry live in South Carolina? Do I did I hear that right? Is he in South Carolina? Um, I don't know. Terry, uh, I, I, don't know. I don't know where you live. No, no, Terry doesn't live in South Carolina. Come on. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he was in. He lives in Guatemala. Okay, okay. Some, okay. No, not, not much here, but he does go there. Uh, to give you a little He's heads amazing. up, uh, Doc, what you'll, he does is you'll be seeing Tracy on Thursday. Uh, Wonderful. That Wonderful. is Look awesome. Look forward to it. Um, let's see here. Uh, Catherine, hello. Great to see you. Um we got already got some questions coming in. Go ahead and put your questions in. We're going to take those live uh, here in a second. Um, we're taking live Q&A, the last, last part of that uh, of the show. We're going to go about uh, 30 to 40 minutes today. Uh, so go ahead and get your questions in. Uh, we're going to be sure to, to get to, to all those. Katie, thank you so much for, for all your help today. Uh, I appreciate you. Um, Katie's, uh, she, whenever I miss something, which I miss something all the time, she's, uh, she's like the best safety net of all time. So, so thank you for that, Katie. Uh, certainly appreciate you. 
Um, okay, let's get to the show. Um, let's go with the first question. Hang on before you say that, Ben. Uh, I want to congratulate you on moving into your new place today. <laughs> You've got a great view of Neyland Stadium right across the river. So it's a big day for you, oh, really. Well, so you. congratulations. Also, I want to tell everybody, I just watched your, your video outside the box um, with Jamie Winship on Face Your Fears right before this. And if any, if everybody doesn't watch that video of yours, you're nuts because that is one of the most interesting, informative pieces I've ever seen anywhere. Uh, Jamie Winship's a friend, and um, you know I just introduced you to him and in your interview with him on facing your fears. I mean, Jamie has about nine lives. I think he's done everything from worked in the CIA to starting out as a policeman and then working with NFL teams and pro athletes and he's just an amazing you know it's just eye-opening video on facing your fears so go see that video if you don't hear anything else i say today for people that are watching this uh on your outside of the box how, how do they get to that ben um you can check that out right now it's up on the youtube channel um it'll be on uh, all the different podcast platforms on what is today? Today's Tuesday. It'll be out on Thursday on the the podcast platforms. If you're a if you're an audio listener, uh, but yeah, it it was really interesting. Jamie did such an amazing job of of explaining fear and and how a lot of you know things we struggle with from a mental health standpoint can can be um, can be uh, pinpointed back to some sort of fear. And, uh, and his, his analogies are just so on point and practical. And, uh, it was just, it was a really fun conversation for me. And and I think, uh, a lot of people will get a, a ton out of that. And especially if, if, you know, if you're dealing with any sort of anxiety, which, you know, I've been super open with that I've dealt with some anxiety in the past and, and it was just really, it was just really helpful. It was a really, really cool a good way of looking, a new way of looking at it. And uh, it's just fascinating to me. And, you know, people that have anxiety or depression, there's so many out there. And it can form, it can cause real illnesses and as real as anything. So yep. uh, look at look at the video. So we'll check get on with the questions. Uh, definitely, um, definitely check that out. It's on the YouTube channel right now. Uh, it's called Facing, The Value of Facing Your Fears. Uh, it's, a, it's an episode of... of uh, outside the box, and it's with Jamie Winship. Um, so you guys, you guys will will love that. I I promise you. Um, okay. So the first question is: interested in learning more about uh, what a person should eat when they have microscopic colitis? Uh, do you know of any protocol that heals this condition? I just want to say I I really apologize uh, to to the person who asked this question. I've missed this question a couple weeks in a row. Uh, it was completely my fault, and uh, and I'm just so glad we're getting it on the show today because it's an important question, and uh, and I think it's going to help a, a lot of people. I know you've you've been able to to look into this a little bit, Doc. What, what's your what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, in general, that's a condition where you have a lot of nonspecific lower abdominal complaints with your colon, and when they do a colonoscopy on you, nothing shows. Uh, but if you took a biopsy, you could see inf inflammation, inflammatory changes of your colonic mucosa. But it's kind of one of those things that it's not to the point where you have ulcerative colitis or Crohn's. Uh, 
um, or certainly celiac disease, but it's kind of in that same ballpark. Although it's a little different, I think the major cause of it is probably uh, taking uh, medicines like non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, um, which ironically are anti-inflammatories, and this is inflammation at the microscopic level that can cause symptoms. Um, I think there's a few other medicines that can cause it. If I rem remember, I know some serotonin drugs can do it. Zoloft in particular, I think that's the worst one for it. Um, but there's others. So look at your medicine list for the first thing. Um, but it, it's also been kind of, presume that it's an autoimmune disease, like uh, certainly all the three I just mentioned, um, ulcerative colitis and Crohn's and celiac. Um, so you have to approach it from uh, or, or leaky gut, irritable bowel. It's, I'm sure it's been confused with those. I mean, that's what we always call things when we don't know what it is. You have colon pain, intestinal pain, can't find anything on the scopes or the test, you have IBS. And then they write it off as being, you know, maybe you're nervous or something. And certainly um, stress and anxiety can cause, can contribute to it at least. Um, but so the way I approach this thing, um, first of all, look at, you know, your leaky gut markers like calprotectin, zonulin. I mean, doing a GI map is a really good, uh, as Robin Riddle, our wonderful nurse practitioner, who's the gut person in our in our practice, will tell you, um, the GI map's a good place to start to look at your gut microbiome. Look for those inflammatory markers. Um, you know, look at the medicines you're taking. Uh, certainly, um, Get, maybe get on an autoimmune diet. The protocol really would be start with a, uh, a good probiotic like Digest Shield. I'm always pushing that one because I love it. But um, and because it has all the stuff you need in it, and then maybe an anti-inflammatory autoimmune diet that cuts out some of the major offenders like glutens and dairy and soy and corn and maybe nightshades, uh, maybe even eggs. Um, Sometimes we'll do a food sensitivity tests. Um, sometimes I'll use, you know, things kind of outside the box um, in treating any autoimmune disease like LDN, low-dose naltrexone. It seems to help that condition. So basically you're kind of treating what most people would call uh, IBS or, or uh, irritable bowel syndrome. Um, but... So you kind of look at it from a functional medicine aspect, get the right pre and probiotics and digestive enzymes and avoid the foods that irritate it. Um, sometimes it can, people can suffer from this for years and nobody ever knew what it was. So, um, and one other tip I always give, if you're, if you're having diarrhea or cramping, quit eating for 24 hours, put your bowel at rest. Like my dad used to say, and then start over with adding something really bland one at a time. But certainly there's a lot of stuff you can do for this. Um, you know, um, you're, you're better off probably talking with a functional medicine doctor on this one than a GI doc. You know, they do great things and they do their thing, but sometimes they don't 
look as much as we do for the root cause of things. Um, but uh, certainly you, you've probably had a scope test which you needed to look at and to rule out all the, the more, um, you know, serious things, although this is serious, but, you know, cancer and things. And, but, and I think um, it's I think it's for a female, um, if I remember correctly, um, who yeah. who is who's dealing with this. Um, yeah, that's more common in females, I think. I'm pretty sure it's more common in females. Like most autoimmune diseases are more common in females. So, um, yeah. Um, so you, you probably ought to do a GI map. I, hope, I guarantee you've tried a bunch of stuff, uh, probably even an autoimmune diet. But, you know, you can be glad to come into us or any functional medicine uh, practice that, that does a lot of gut health because it all starts in the gut. You know, you're more likely to get other autoimmune diseases if you have something like that. So, um, and and if they're watching uh, right now, I, I would encourage um, if they want to do a little deeper dive in terms of gut health, go to shieldnutra.com. Um, that's that's the website that that um, that you can you can get Digest Shield on, and uh, and man, it's like an encyclopedia for gut health. So, yeah. uh, I would encourage anybody to if they're wanting to really get into the weeds with, with gut health, go to shieldnutra.com, uh, just to, uh, go a little further on this. Uh, anything else you want to add to that, Don? No, no, cool. this needs a workup. All right. Thank you for that question. Again, my apologies for, uh, taking way too long to get to that one. Um, okay, let's get to the next one here. Would either NAC or CoQ10 adversely affect calcium absorption or bone density? No, I would not think it would. I mean, of course, um, you know, you should always check your your blood work with your calcium levels. And certainly if you have a, a problem with your calcium, you look into the parathyroid function. Um, uh, and bone density, you know, get a bone density scan and see how you're, if you're the age, and even males should get this done. Um, especially males that have low T, but, um, yeah, I don't, you know, I, of course I take NAC and CoQ10 and I haven't been worried about my bone density. It's probably a female asking the question They're, they they have a lot more problems with osteopenia and osteoporosis. So I just don't see that happening. I just, uh, you know, there, it, I haven't done any research on this, so I'll, I'll look it up and believe I, I may change my mind, but. Nothing, nothing raises a red flag with those supplements about bone density to me. Um, All right, thank you. Great question. Thank you for that. And and as, as I said earlier, if you guys haven't checked out the uh, plan your vitamins video, um, that's on the Common Sense MD. Uh, Doctor Rogers goes into a deep dive in terms of like uh, what to take when, uh, what to take with other vitamins, because we're starting to you know, really talk a lot about the importance of vitamins. So I know a lot of you are getting on more and more vitamins. Uh, so some of his best tips are in that video. I'd encourage you guys to check that out. Um, okay, let's go to the next one here. What is your latest anecdotal info based on what you have treated the past week related to, uh, number one, do cases seem to be slowing at all? Number two, have you treated any reinfected patients? Um, I'm assuming this has to do with, with COVID. Um, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, there's, there's no doubt about it. It's about COVID. Um, 
you know, it doesn't seem like cases, maybe they're a little bit slowing down. I hope so. Um, maybe just a tad. Um, so hopefully, I mean, yeah, we're still treating a lot of it though. And, um, I have treated a reinfected, some reinfected patients. The last person I talked to today was a reinfected patient that had COVID back in December and tested positive again today. Um, not really sick uh, with it too much, but, um, you know, has, have, has been around some positive COVID patients, both who are vaccinated and they both have full blown COVID. And now this person is testing positive with no symptoms. So uh, this is a rapid test. I suggested a PCR test and see what that shows. And then see if you come in with symptoms, but I have seen some breakthrough uh, cases. Um, I can name them on one hand uh, of people that had COVID and are now getting uh, reinfected with this uh, probable Delta variant. Um, and of course I'm seeing a ton of breakthrough that uh, doubly vaccinated patients um, who now have full blown COVID. Um, so, I'm um, seeing a lot more of that. Probably, I want to say about half the patients I'm treating are vaccinated patients. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's still out there. It's still bad. Um, so, yeah, I've been treat. I've treated both of both kinds. Um, you know, I have I have a kind of a bad feeling that uh, it's going to be kind of a rough fall and winter for other things too, like. Uh, we're seeing adults get uh, RSV, respiratory syncytial virus, which you think would be in kids. Hmm. And I heard a couple uh, cases of flu uh, this week from one of my ER doctor friends, uh, positive flu cases. So um, it could be a rough fall and winter for all this stuff. It really could. I don't see it going away anytime soon, unfortunately. All right. This is a related question. Remdesivir, what are your thoughts? I've read some opinions that say this is actually making um, so many hospitalized COVID patients critical and, and, and worse um, was the uh, context of the, the question. Uh, what's your thoughts on remdesivir? You know, I'm not in the units treating these patients. So, you know, you get a better answer from one of the pulmonary docs uh, on this. I know it's really the only approved treatment for hospitalized patients with, with COVID. Um, but from everything I've read and, and talked to people, uh, it's really not working that good. And I know it can worsen kidney function. A lot of these people start shutting down their kidneys after they've been in there in, in the hospital. And um, so, you read reports of it really not working and being too effective. Um, and certainly in, in some people, um, it may have an adverse effect on their kidneys. But again, when you're in the unit, they're going to be monitoring all this stuff pretty closely. Um, so we, we first tried the convalescent plasma in these hospitalized patients, and that didn't work at all. Uh, now, of course, if you get COVID early, you can get monoclonal antibody infusion and are the subcutaneous shots now. Um, so and I, I have uh, 
ta I've talked to two people today that that really turned them around pretty quickly. Um, so we're referring a lot of patients for monoclonal antibody treatments. Again, I think the treatment is early treatment on the same, um, you know, especially if you're at risk. Um, you know, I don't care whether you've been vaccinated or not, you got to treat it aggressively and treat it the same because it can, you know, you can spiral downward um, if that inflammatory lung cytokine storm hits you and you happen to be predisposed to uh, get that, um, then it can be trouble. You're in for, you're in for a while. So, all right, let's get to the, the next one here. This is a, a two part question just to give a little context. Um, it seems, uh, thinking about the uh, people who have been vaccinated, uh, spreading to people who have not been vaccinated. Uh, I am 83 years old with COPD. I've had uh, cancerous nodule on one lung and on oxygen 24 seven. Uh, it seems like her son who's been vaccinated is, is coming. Is there anything uh, that, that they can do to stop the, the spreading? Uh, what's your thoughts on that? And, you know, again, you know, our, our opinions on, you know, getting vaccinated versus not getting vaccinated, um, it, we're definitely not anti uh, either one. Uh, would be my would be the way I would preface it. <laughs> yeah, that's our official position. Uh, but uh, so for fear of getting pulled on, you know, this, uh, on your podcast and on your Facebook, you know, we, we can't say a ton, but I, I'm pretty honest person and straight shooter. And again, this isn't medical advice, but um, I can tell you kind of what I'm seeing. And, you know, if you use a little common sense, uh, you can kind of halfway figure things out, but if we ever figure this out, but, um, certainly what I'm seeing is that, uh, the jab is, uh, certainly not preventing transmission of, of, uh, COVID. And, you know, in fact, I've seen a lot of cases, I've told many people this, that it seems like uh, the recently jabbed people tend to spread it more than the not jabbed people. Um, so if, if your son has been recently jabbed, then you may want to have him wear a mask um, and take your precautions. Uh, um, you know, the other thing you, you should do, in my opinion, is uh, take that um, medicine that we use for prevention and treatment. It starts with an I. And uh, we've used a whole lot of that. And of course, I've been taking it prophylactically as my whole family has for a year. And that, that's something I would definitely get on. Um, and um, just don't go to Tractor Supply to get it. Um, <laughs> that's a bit legitimate. And, and they, they did say um, they've read about suramen or pine needle tea. Uh, they're taking the recommended vitamins and supplements as, pre as preventative measures and precautions. Uh, it seems to me what you're saying, if that if, if they are recently vaccinated, then maybe um, maybe keep your distance for for a little while. Uh, is there is there a time period? Yeah, just take precautions. I mean, you know, just take the regular precautions, hand cleaning, and don't get in somebody's face. If somebody's recently been vaxxed, they're the one who really needs to wear the mask. Um, or of course, anybody that's symptomatic. But, um, you know, just use your, you know, get out in fresh air. It's not going to be transmitted in fresh air. 
Uh, we even have these these uh, sanitizers in all our offices that uh, put yeah. a compound out that uh, really kills it in the air. So if that, you're really worried, true. talk to our office about getting one of these in your house. And uh, it's it's awesome. I mean, it's called, um, for those interested, it is interesting, you know, like, um, you know, you can, uh, you can feel safe, uh, with, you know, with, with anyone really in a room that has, it's a diffuser, uh, it's called Ayana Pure and, uh, they're based get on, on, get on our podcast with Mike Todd yeah. in Knoxville. This yeah. is a company out of California. And he sold me on it. I mean, there's a lot of scientific evidence that it helps. It's, well, that, it's actually, I think it's in Knoxville. It's in Knoxville. It came from California. This okay. company relocated to Knoxville. But, Got it. Um, and it has a lot of heavy hitters uh, behind it, financing it. But um, And it's certainly not dangerous at all. It leaves a little fog in the air. But it does leave a fog. Good when it's in there, and you can certainly use it for your home use. It's not really expensive, but really. Um, but so check that out. You might want to have that around. That would really put you at ease. Especially if there's, um, if there's like, family members who – you know, if somebody's uncomfortable, um, you know, this is a great way to, you know, be able to hang out with the people that you love, um, you know, comfortably, I would say. Yeah. And what was that last question? That they, did they ask a third part of that question? No. You briefly uh, put it up there. Uh, they, they said that they read about uh, suramen or pine needle tea um, as a way to, for, you know, to stop, you know, say that vaccinated uh, people who are recently vaxxed are uh, spreading um, or shedding, um, sermon or pine middle needle tea could be a, a way to, to stop that. Is that kind of the way you understood it? Um, I haven't heard of that. Now, sermon, I think is a, is an old drug, a prescription drug that they used to treat river blindness with kind of like the island that treats it. But so I'd have to look into that, but certainly I know that I've read some anecdotal stuff about treating uh, autism with that drug. Now, pine needle tea is just like a lot of the, a lot of the teas. It's probably pretty good to kind of drink. It's kind of like taking elderberry or something like that. Uh, may have some benefits. Um, anecdotally, none proven really, but um, I'm not against it at all. So, um, again, I like the, the the eye medicine, you know, <laughs> that we use, that we use for head lice and. And uh, scabies and little kids, but they also use it as a horse dewormer. So, in the, on your pets, so that's legitimate medicine for humans too, in, um, in the right doses, um, prescribed for humans. Um, all right, I reiterate that. So, you know, it's, when it's prescribed for humans, doses different. You know, that sort of thing. Is there any other differentiation that might help people? No, you just don't want to get the paste your horse and put it in your mouth i mean just use use it that's uh made it's a prescription medicine and it's safe uh, it's not gonna hurt you there's not all these overdoses of that stuff i mean there, there may have been reports that were uh from some er's that people were taking horse doses out and they got nauseated on it but it's a safe medicine otherwise i wouldn't be taking it so neither would my family all right, so the next question is, is there anything you can take to dissolve kidney stones you already have? Are there any vitamins you shouldn't take if you have kidney stones? That's a good question. 
you got to watch out for vitamin C if you have kidney stones. There's nothing that really, the only thing that works really great to dissolve kidney stones is uh, lithotripsy, where they, they, you know, actually use sound waves to dissolve them. But it's, that's uh, a hospital procedure where they, you know, it's lengthy. They put you in this tub and they um, give you a spinal uh, anesthesia and they kind of beat them up. But uh, so, yeah, you shouldn't drink tea and you should not drink Cokes, uh, vitamin C, you shouldn't probably take any extra calcium. Um, and, you know, if you pass a kidney stone, bring it in and it needs to be analyzed to see what kind of stone it was. You know, whether it's calcium oxalate or uric acid stone, sometimes they're different. They lead to different uh, preventive measures, but uh, drink a lot of water. You know, most of the time you'll precipitate a stone, which is a lot of times genetically inherited, is you get dehydrated so um hope that helps all right thank you for that question um i i really like this question because i know i know it can help a lot of people uh can you give us info on the antibodies test um we got our numbers back today and have no idea the scale is 111 and 160 a good number yeah any any positive number is a good number it means you have antibodies out there to covid you know i've seen them as high as 2,500, 3,000, which is all, the higher, the better. You know, if you, if you had a bad case of COVID, you're going to get higher levels probably. Uh, mild case, not as much. Some, none. I had people that, you know, had COVID and positive test, PCR test, and, you know, they never really showed antibodies on, on their uh, blood test. So, um you know, those those aren't out the roof numbers, but they're not three and six like I saw a couple today. So you, you're still putting out antibodies. And remember, those are only B cell antibodies. You, you've got T cell, which is much harder to measure, which is more important. And you, so you have these memory T cells that migrate to your bone marrow. And when you get another challenge, you're going to put out uh, antibodies to it, So, which it won't register. And I had one patient today um that thought because they had the vaccine there i went and said it um uh, they should have antibodies on that blood test that's not going to show from the the jab it's not going to show that um so um anyway i hope that so no bad you still hopefully got antibodies out there that doesn't mean you're not going to get um you know COVID again but but I'm hearing you say that th those numbers aren't are still legitimate. One eleven and one sixty is still yeah, those are, those are pretty good numbers. Okay. Yeah, again, that's a scale that it's kind of nebulous. There's not a lot known about this so far. But and we probably don't say that enough. Uh, there's just not a lot known. Um, okay, yeah. why do you think some people are developing mast cell activation syndrome post COVID? And what do you think of the FLCCC's treatment protocol for this? I love the FLCCC's treatment protocol for all this stuff. Um, but yeah, mast cell activation means you you get a lot of histamine produced. So basically, you're taking antihistamines, of course, uh, the eye drug, and um, some you know H1 and H2 blockers. And uh, yeah, I mean, certain people just are are more allergic than other people. Um, 
you know, so why do some people get ragweed allergy and other people don't? Um, and um, I read an interesting thing on, on the ragweed this week. You know, you, you got in the fall, which is right now, we have a lot of allergies, which is really confusing people. So a lot of people are allergic to ragweed and goldenrod, you know, because they goldenrod looks yellow, pretty ragweed's a scruffy looking plant, ugly looking bush-like plant. It's, I always thought goldenrod was the one I was allergic to, but actually goldenrod's a beneficial plant. It's the ragweed that's the bad one. It gets your, you know, your mast cell activation going. So, um, you know, some people just are different through genetics or maybe poor gut function or just plain old bad luck. But, mm. uh, yeah, but I love the way these frontline doctors treat this because I treat it the same way. All right. Uh, we're going to get one more question in guys, and then we're going to go to the, uh, comments. So if you have a question for Dr. Rogers, uh, go ahead and put that in the comments. I see a bunch of you are already doing that. We really appreciate it. We're going to get to you, uh, here very shortly. Uh, so good to see all of you here live with us tonight, uh, Tuesday night. Um, gosh, it's a wonderful night for a Q and a show, isn't it? Uh, all right, here we go. Let's get one more, and then we'll get to the to the comments. Uh, if my company is having to enforce the vaccine mandate, giving me no choice but to take the shot or lose my job, uh, which shot would you recommend? Uh, this is a very common question. Um, I think the Pfizer shot is probably, uh, right now, the one I would take if I had to take one. Uh, it's just, it's it has a lot less stuff in it, a lot less volume than the Moderna. You know, nine or six months ago, I probably would have said the J&J, but um, it, it may it may be the worst one to take. <laughs> but, you know, at least it's one shot. But um, I don't know. It, it had a blood clot issue. They had to pull it for a while. But um, and certainly in young women, I would not take the J&J shot. they've had problems with it that's the reason they pulled it for a while but um so probably i would take the i'd probably take the pfizer you know Uh, but if you do take any uh shots you might want that i'm just going to go ahead and interrupt you because that's the follow-up question is yeah is uh, as a follow-up question, are there supplements, medicines, tips, and tricks that can lessen the side effects of the vaccine, such as uh, ivermectin, vitamin E, fish oil, et cetera? Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, one week before and one week after, you probably ought to take the preventive measures like, or certainly fish oil, the omega-3s. I like NAC and acetylcysteine. Uh, certainly take uh, a, at least a baby aspirin you know, for two weeks, one week before, one week after to prevent the clotting uh, that that spike protein can induce. Um, and I like B cells. Uh, ivermectin, I just love it, you know, the whole way through. I just love it. Um, you know, I haven't really recommended it per se before the jab so much, but um, certainly any other time I would. Um because it's great preventive, it's great for treatment, it's great for long-haul syndrome. Uh, I met a fascinating new patient today um, who is all over it. He's, he is a um, pharmacist, but has been involved in you know the 
faculty of major places and a lot of teaching and uh, on a governmental level and uh, very high on, on it. So high on, which, high on which one? The ivermectin. Got it. Okay. That one you didn't want me to say, but you forced me to say it. Just now. Uh, I don't care. Uh, all right. Uh, did did you answer that completely? Did you want to add anything to that? No, it's about the thing. The things I would do. I would definitely get ready for it. You know, um, if you're sick, don't take it. You know, make uh, sure your immune system's up. You get good sleep. You get good rest. Um, and that's the case know, with any. That's the case with any vaccine. You've told me that before taking the yeah. flu vaccine. And don't take any ibuprofen, you know, uh, a few hours before or a few hours later. So don't, don't, don't. All right. Well, guys, we're going to jump into the comments here. Um, hello to everybody. If you're new, uh, say hello. We'd love to know where you're from. Uh, we're we're located in in East Tennessee. So shout out to all the East Tennessee people. Um, we love you guys, and we love our out of staters as well. So welcome in. Um, let's see here um, what we got. I'll start here with uh, Barbara up here. Um, how often can you get the Myers Cocktail IV? Um, gosh, you could get um, – it's not going to hurt you to get it whenever, but um, certainly I have a couple people that get it twice a week. Uh, some have some get it once a week. Some get it once a month. Um, I just get them when I feel run down. And a lot of it depends on – you know, the condition you're getting, getting it for. If it's just uh, fatigue and all, you know, use it as needed. Uh, sometimes there's, if you're using higher dose IV vitamin C, it's a little different protocol. You need higher doses of C and you may need it a little more frequently. But um, depends on what the purpose is for. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of people get them once a week. You know, you probably don't need to get them more than a couple times a week, really. All Great right. question, though. And I'll go ahead and answer this one, Brandy. Uh, the name of the podcast is Outside the Box. So if you're listening to uh, us on Apple or Spotify, uh, Outside the Box is the podcast that the uh, Facing the Fear, um, the value of Facing the Fear is on. Uh, the Common Sense MD is Dr. Rogers' podcast, um, and it's just called the Common Sense MD, um, and that goes out every single Tuesday. Today was on uh, Plan Your Vitamins, uh, kind of his guide to taking vitamins, so, so check those out. Um, all right, let's get to, to Derek here. Uh, so he's putting up a, um, a link. Uh, probenicide is an FDA-approved medication that's primarily used to treat gout, and it's already widely available in the U.S., the drug has been on the market for over 40 years and has minimal side effects. Um, let's see. Well, I'm not sure. We might have to look at that, Derek. Um, have you heard of this? Any? Is that triggering anything? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, I sure have. I use it for gout. Um, sometimes I'll use colchicine for COVID also. You know, that's probably more studied than uh, probenicid, but they're very closely related. But, yeah. Great anti-inflammatory. And what you're doing is trying to prevent that cytokine inflammatory over-response of your lungs. So, yeah. All right. And Angela asks, um, you've always spoken so positively about monoclonal antibodies. Does that mean you have a greater comfort level with them uh, than the jab? 
Um, whether for two different reasons, you know, supposedly the jab's supposed to prevent it. And it turns out it's not working great for that. Um, now, if you believe what they say, it may prevent you from dying in the hospital of it. Um, but so, and the monoclonal antibodies, they're not used for prevention. Um, they're used for treatment. So um, certainly, um, and they're becoming more available, especially now that the subcutaneous uh, route is out there. They're really making that more available because before with the IV infusion and still now, you have to meet certain criteria, like you have to be right. over 65 like me and uh, or have diabetes you know, or morbid obesity or kidney disease. So it's harder to qualify and it takes a while to get you in. There's a lot of paperwork. You can get the sub Q, you know, that day in your car through a pharmacy in their parking lot. So I hope these things start popping up all over the place. But because uh, I do think they help. I've talked to many people who've had them. They feel better the next day, uh, usually, but get it early. So they're for two different reasons. So, um, you know, if you if you come out, you know, as a doctor and say, yeah, this is better than the jab, then they're going to you know, threaten your license. So I don't want to do that. Um, um, all right. And, and Bianca asked, you know, are there, are they usually less serious symptoms? And I know this is about, uh, some of the, um, some of the cases that are coming in that might, uh, have already had the, the vaccine and they're getting, uh, and they got COVID again, or I, I believe that's what, uh, what she's talking about and she can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, not always. I mean, there's, believe me, there's plenty of people in the hospital, you know, unit fully vaccinated. There's people dying uh, that are fully vaccinated. Um, you know, it's just a matter of what you believe. I mean, she, she, she's talking about already had COVID. So already had COVID and has COVID again. Are they? Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Usually the second time um, is, is more mild uh, that I've found. Like that person I talked to today, they were barely sick at all. But um, so hopefully you still have some of these protective T cells in there, but um, I still, I still treat it pretty seriously. I still jump on it. Um, that's been, you... that's been the consistent thing, uh, throughout. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I've, I've had other people who told me the second time was worse than the first. Um, I had one person who had it three times or supposedly had it three times. They didn't really get the test every time, but they had pretty classic symptoms. So, um, you know, one thing that I was thinking about yesterday when I talked to a couple of patients, there was something going around in December and January, December of 19 and January of 20, that was just horrific. Um, and they asked me if that could have been COVID. I think it could have been. I mean, they've already found it in blood banks uh, the fall of 2019. So I've had so many people that got really sick and the flu tests were negative and the RS, everything was negative and they just called it a virus, but they were, I mean, really as sick as I've ever been. And whether or not that was COVID or not, I don't know. I think it could have been, um, I have, I've had so many people tell me that. And those people aren't necessarily 
I've had a lot of them get COVID again. So, um, yeah, um, go figure. I, I just want to put this up because this is, I, I love it when, uh, when we, we give out like, you know, advice in the comments. I love that. So Keto Mama uh, is saying lemon water or oh, lemonade yeah. and apple cider vinegar for kidney stones. I really love that. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, they work. That is, that's awesome. And, and uh, Keto Mama's from Missouri. Uh, we have family out I in Missouri, it. I believe. Um, uh, I'm trying to remember where in Missouri, but I love Missouri. Springfield, Springfield, Spring, Springfield Missouri. Springfield, Missouri. So hello to you. But yeah, that's a great, good point. Good point. I missed that. But yeah, could, could maybe help. And uh, we really appreciate that. So you guys, if you guys have anything to add, uh, put them in the comments. We're trying to... Uh, to help as many people as we can here and, and comments like that are super helpful. So thank you for, for putting that in there. Um, okay. Let's get to Motaz. I, I love a Motaz question because they're, they're always Motaz. really well Motaz thought knows, out. He knows, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> so, professor, I call him professor. So the professor asks, what does the doc think about the benefits of HGH, especially given its cost? Is it worth it in his opinion, or does it come at the bottom of the list of recommendations for improving overall well-being? HGH is human growth hormone. One thing, it's illegal, at least in Tennessee it is, or maybe some states where you can actually prescribe it. But, you know, it's really for um, dwarfism uh, and growth in children who are short stature. Of course, a lot of people use it. It's very expensive if you get the real stuff. Um, I had years ago, I had one guy who was taking it back when it was legal to use. I actually wrote for some of it years ago when it was legal because it definitely is, is a good thing for most people that want to perform better. Um, but he had gotten it in the gyms from some guy who sold it to him and told him it was growth hormone and he wasn't getting anything out of it. So he asked me to analyze it. And at the time I had a friend who had a mass spectrometer and uh, I took it to, he analyzed it. It wasn't HGH at all. It was HCG, oh, which gosh. is completely different. Human chorionic gonadotropin, which we use for different reasons, like fertility or, or boosting T or, you know, helping your LH uh, hormone. But so, you know, the thing about growth hormone is that, um, you know, it can have some side effects. Um, it can definitely worsen, uh, at least initially, your sugar levels. Um, it can pop up your glucose levels. It, eventually, it probably will settle down. Um, and it also can um, cause carpal tunnel, and, and you know, it can cause a little bit of swelling. Carpal tunnel is uh, the compression of the median nerve in the, in the wrist, leading to numbness in the hands. I've seen it do that. Um, and if you had, theoretically, if you had an occult tumor growing somewhere, it could make it grow faster. That's never been really proven, but theoretically it could. Um, so, and, and what growth hormone does, um, it's more of a, a repair hormone. You know, like testosterone is an anabolic steroid, promotes growth, muscle growth. Growth hormone repairs. Uh, so they're kind of synergistic in a way, but... So don't even fool around with HGH. Think about getting a peptide, mm. which are legal, they're, they're safe, they're um, inexpensive relatively, like Somorlin, Ipamorlin, Tessamorlin, um, 
CJC 1295. Uh, those are some of the peptides that we prefer to use to, and what it does, it's, it's like a secretagogue. It, it helps your own body produce more of its own growth hormone. And certainly with non-controversial, you're not going to get arrested in an airport like Sylvester Stallone did for having growth hormone with him. And, uh, you know how the, the appearance of Rocky's face kind of changed? That's what, When somebody has a really long, jutted-out jaw and, and a heavy brow, you know, and, and they didn't used to, you know they're using growth hormone. So That's um, interesting. So, um, anyway... Uh, you know, personally, I don't think I don't think Sly is aging that well. Some people say, "Hey, have you looked at him?" I don't think he looks that great. I, I don't either. I don't think he's aged well you know, at all. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, he didn't look that great when he was slogging up the streets of Philadelphia up the steps. I thought he looked like a slug, but he was a heck of a fighter because you know it's all what's in here in the heart. You don't have to be a Greek god to be a good fighter. You know, he take for me example. You know, I'm skinny, but I'm wiry and I'm mean. You know. <laughs> You'd rather you'd, you wouldn't want to meet up with me on the dark alley. You'd rather meet up with a bigger, burly guy because I'm a lot quicker and probably more flexible. And I'm I'm going to hurt you because I'm scared you're going to hurt me. So <laughs> I, I was at a I was a the ringside doctor in the MMA fight one time, and that's the I only remember, time I'm ever going to do that. I remember that. But when you looked at the two guys about ready to get in the ring, um, you couldn't predict who was going to win by the looks of. Them. I mean, you may have a a guy that was built like a Greek god, bodybuilder type, and he'd get the crap beat out of him by some skinny guy with long <laughs> arms and, or, or, or a real fat guy that's just mean as all get out. So you never can tell. But anyway, I don't know how we got off on that. Mota Professor, I'm sorry, but uh, we got off on that. Motaz got you know, he, he always brings out the stories in me. He's the professor. You know, he's written papers and all that. Uh, but I hope you got a kick out of that. Well, well, go for read about peptides, not HGH. And and we we actually um, Robin Riddle, our, our nurse practitioner in the Knoxville office, has a show called Explain This, and and she really does describe and talks about peptides in a really really understandable way. And the the first thing she told me was, you know, there's a peptide for everything, which is crazy. Like they're actually, if you can think of something, there's a peptide for it, and. Uh, Today's, I, th I think today's explain this was on BPC 157, which uh, is more for, for gut function, um, I believe. But do some research on peptides. They're, they're super, super interesting. Um, okay, they let's are. get to some, to some more uh, questions here. Uh, let's put Keto Mama up here again. What are your recommendations on natural antivirals? Um, well, like what? I mean, there's a lot of natural antivirals um you know i'm not sure specifically which ones you're meaning but uh you know i consider vitamin c an antiviral you know uh ivermectin is antiviral although it's listed as an antiparasitic i think zithromax is antiviral um you know of course those aren't really what you call natural vitamin c is i guess but um i mean there's a i, I like anything natural you know, I'm kind of a blend between traditional and alternative, so I'll take the best of both. But um, if you got any, are you talking about elderberry, maybe things like that? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, that's one. Honey, I think honey's a natural antiviral. 
colloidal silver is a natural antiviral, antibacterial, antifungal. I use that. You know, I squirt that in my throat and nose every day. I do too. Um, so, um, you know, I like them. Sure. You got any great ones? Put them up there and we'll print them out for you. Yeah. Yeah. I you... love keto. I love keto too. Um, all right. Let's get to, let me see if I can find some questions here. Uh, man, Tasha, great to see you. Uh, D Lynn, great to see you. Um, Deidre, of course, great to see you. Uh, Carolyn, what's going on? Um, let's see here. Where can we, where can we go? Oh, I like Nicole's question. Um, can you tell me if Digest Shield is good for IBS and stomach ulcers as far as helping in the long run? Yeah, I think it is. You know, again, if you have H. pylori, the bacteria that causes stomach ulcers, there's both natural and bacterial or um, treatments for it or, you know, antibiotic treatment for it, not bacterial treatment. But, um, but yeah, I mean, Digest Shield just works for about everything gut-related I've put people on. Uh it's certainly IBS. It's, it's, it's worked wonders for, um, again, look at your diet. Um, if you have serious problems with it, get a GI map. Um, but yeah, yeah, for sure. I love digest shield. Um, you know, if you have a bleeding stomach ulcer that needs to be looked at and, you know, find the cause and you may need some more heavy medicines for it to clear it up. But, uh, um, yeah. Works great for both. Um, it seems that Motaz was talking about Sermorlin, not uh, not HGH. What's your thoughts on? Because oh. I know that's a different answer. Yeah, well, that's what you just said. It, you know, the Sermorlin is a peptide, so yeah, go more for the peptides and HGH. Okay. I mean, the professor's on a different pay scale than me. He can afford. He could probably afford real HGH if it's legal in his state. You know, I can't. I can just afford afford the peptides, but the professor is <laughs> a heavy hitter, but, uh, yeah, certainly some oil and okay. certainly some oil. I love some oil. All right. Let's see here. Um, do you know, I, we're getting a few questions about where to get monoclonal antibodies in this area. Uh, I think Charlotte, um, is in East Tennessee. Uh, what, what's your, do you, do you know, um, yeah, of course you can, yeah. If you go for the IV infusion, you need to contact your doctor, uh, and arrange it uh, for the through the hospital system. Okay. Uh, they have uh, outpatient. It's usually connected to the hospital here in Kingsport and Johnson City, Bristol. They all have it, Abington. Um, but the but the uh, subcutaneous shots made by Regeneron. You, there's a place that I've been sending everybody. It's West Town Pharmacy in Johnson City. Uh, and I'm hoping, and I've heard there's a pop up tent here in Kingsport. Uh, that does it. I'm just not sure where it is right now, but they're uh, looking for the subcutaneous. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You got West town pharmacy in John city. I know does it. Okay. Um, and I'm hoping some of the larger groups will start doing this outside their office building and have all the personnel to, to do it with like maybe an HMG group or something. Uh, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure that's why, you know, pharmacies aren't jumping on this quite yet just because they might not be able to, uh, handle the the volume um, that would that would come through. I'm I'm assume, assuming. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, we're getting a, a couple questions just about. Uh, let me see if I can. Uh, this is a common question coming up. Uh, can the eye medicine be prescribed without a positive COVID test? And 
and the answer to that is yes, um, but I'll, I'll let you I'll let you kind of talk about it um, in terms of yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, the good thing about these home uh, COVID tests now is they're they're discreet. You can check your COVID nasal swab at home with a twenty dollar test, and that way, you don't you know nobody knows it except you and hopefully your doctor. But um, so certainly can. I, I recommend getting the the, the uh, uh, antigen test, the nasal swab, just to to see if um, you have it. It's nice to know. And but certainly we've treated. Um, we use it prophylactically. Plus we treat it if some we're pretty dang sure somebody has it. It's very safe. I mean, uh, so a lot of times, plus the tests aren't as accurate as we'd like anyway. And you may not want to wait two days for that PCR test to come back. Um, that's more definitive than the, than the rapid test. But, um, yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're if you sick with a flu-like illness, you can't taste or smell, you pretty much have it no matter what the test shows. Um, so, yes. Uh, and, and Katie said that uh, the medicine shop in Johnson City in Jonesboro also um, does the monoclonals. Uh, so thank you for that, for that, Katie, for putting that in there. Um, good, good. Those are other places doing the subcutaneous um, monoclonal antibodies. Um, I'll go ahead and put this up because, um, uh, you know, uh, where did I did we get this at? Um, the question is, where did you? I get got it from. Oh, I got it from Max Medicine Mark. Okay, so uh, for the yeah. no spray colloidal so silver. Uh, Max Medicine Mart um, has it. Yeah. I know. Uh, Eddie and Sons also, also like X Clear too. Yeah. Uh, which is a nasal spray, xylitol. And I think Eddie has it. Eddie's yep. health shop in Knoxville. Yeah. And just, or you can order it off the internet. Um, you can get X Clear at Kroger too, I believe. So um, that's in high demand right now. Uh, and look at that. Uh, have you heard of Clear nasal spray for prevention and treatment? Uh, I'm assuming that's the X Clear. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I use it every day. Yeah. Um, okay, let's see here, guys. Uh, we're going... It makes my nose run, though, compared to the, you know, so have a tissue paper with you because your nose will start running after using the X-Clear, uh, whereas a colloidal silver won't. I use both of them, you know. Yeah. Um, let's see here. So we are getting some, we're getting some, uh, thank you guys for, for the Bristol, Bristol office questions. Uh, Barbara asked, uh, when are we opening in Bristol? Um, looks like uh, C. Jane asked, do we have an office on the Virginia side? Um, th so we will soon. We will soon. matter of fact, I went, I went last night to scout it out. So certainly by the first of the year, you know, I want to be on that Virginia side for reasons I'll tell you about later. But um, we're definitely going to be in the Virginia and, uh, and, side of Bristol. Uh, we don't know the exact time yet, um, so uh, we can't answer that publicly. But we we do uh, we are anticipating that we will we will be in Bristol, uh, Virginia. Um, but it's going to be probably sooner than than uh, than I'm leading on to. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so so we can't answer that yet. But we we're definitely going to get over there, uh, and we're excited about it. Um, Let's see here, guys. Uh, if I've missed you, man, I'm so sorry. Um, I'm seeing what I can. Let's put this up. Do you know a, a, a non-invasive uh, COVID testing site? Is that uh, uh, non-invasive? I'm assuming that's. Oh, 
you tell them, huh, non-invasive COVID, like no nasal swab. I know they there is a a blood prick antigen COVID test. I don't know how accurate it is, but I've had a couple of people get them somewhere. I don't know of anybody that does it around here. If anybody's going to do it, it's probably going to be like a urgent care or maybe even a CVS, if that's what you mean by non-invasive COVID testing site. This is what you mean. Um, okay, let's see. Uh, let's put this one up here. Uh, and he asked one more question. My husband has RA and had a very bad reaction after his first dose of the vaccination. He is concerned about taking second dose. Should he take precautionary meds? Uh, what's a quick answer to that? I wouldn't take it. So you wouldn't take I mean, the, the second dose? No. I wouldn't. Um, you know, it's, it's, I've seen it flare up RA quite a bit. And usually the second dose is the worst. Um, although I've had people that had terrible reactions on the first one. They went ahead and got the second one and it was milder. But, you know, um, <laughs> I happen to know a rheumatologist, not in this city, but he, he took it and um, he was in bed for three weeks um, after his, his shot. And he said he would not recommend it. And, uh, uh, so that's, it's kind of odd, but, um, yeah. So man, why would you take a chance with that? Um, um Karen, it, it seems like we're getting a couple, uh, suggestions there in the comments. Thank you, uh, Nicole and Teresa for that. Um, so what, what she's referring to is, is just contact tracing. Um, so I guess you could do the at home. Um, oh, they do the at home for sure. Yeah. Um, and then there's it's crazy. It's crazy the way they're acting at first on this contact tracing. I think it's totally worthless. Um, uh, and then it's just, everybody has been exposed. is going to be exposed to this and it's just a complete waste of time and money for them to be out there trying to call everybody up. You know, who have you been around in the last, you know, few days and who have they been? It's just ridiculous. It's just nutty. Um, in my opinion, and, and Karen Nicole, so get your own test and don't don't worry about it. I mean, there's there's they, also some suggestions. They can't do it. There's also okay. some suggestions for throat swab. Uh, seems Sullivan County Health Department. Thank you, Nicole. Oh, uh, nasal swab. Yeah. Okay. Uh, fast paced urgent care in uh, fast paced urgent cares do the oral uh, swab. Uh, thank you, Teresa. Um, okay, let's get one more here, uh, real quick. C Jane. Uh, ask is X clear on Amazon. Uh, if anybody in the comments knows where they're getting. Um, well, that's the same thing. That's, that's, that's the same thing. You know, got it. Okay. The same exact thing. I think we were just saying X clear. It's really X clear. That's what it is. It's okay. spelled X L E A R. So, so, so that is yeah. it. Uh, yeah, that's what it is. Okay. That's what it is. So you found the, the right one on Amazon. It is X Lear. Uh, thank you for yeah. that. Glad to. Yes, we're getting some some uh, confirmations there. Thank you, Dylan. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, we're gonna we're gonna sign off here in a in a minute or so. Uh, hello, Lucille. How's listening it going? Baja, listening from Baja, California. You know, this is a great story too. If you want to hear it, but I just bought me today a a four wheeler. 
you know, a side by side with 190 horsepower, I would love to take out the Baja and <laughs> enter a race. You know, it doesn't have to be a big truck, you know, but so <laughs> but Baja, California. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> Thanks for listening in. Yeah. Thank you for, for being here. It looks like uh, it's probably still light out there, I bet. That's probably beautiful. Probably still, you could probably get out right now in the desert and race around, go over some jumps, go over some sand dunes. I have friends who do that. Uh, I think we they have somebody it. in here from uh, from Greensboro as well. I'm trying to 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 find that. I love Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, it's a, a beautiful town. Um, so, oh, there we go. That's, that's where your old tennis rival came from that you used to battle out. He happened to be seven feet tall. That's and, it's uh, hard, He was yeah. hardly a rival. Uh, it was a a guy I've played against, uh, never with much success. Um, yeah. but, but yes, we, we do have a, a, a tennis buddy over in Greensboro. Um, so Keto Bandito from Greensboro, North Carolina. Thank you for hanging probably, out. That's awesome. Keto Bandito. But yeah. You that. probably know who we're talking about, what tennis player, but, uh, Ben played him age 12 in California, you know, Ben played professional tennis as well. He's modest, but, um, at that time, I think he was, at least six inches taller than you, maybe more at 12. I think he was 13, you were 12. And then he grew seven, to be seven feet tall as the fastest serve or the best serve in tennis history known to be. So, and, uh, uh, Of course, Keto Bandito, we're talking about John Isner. Uh, he is uh, a, a great guy as well as a phenomenal tennis player. And uh, I'll just clarify, he was not a rival of mine. Um, he would he would not say that I've ever been a rival. Um, so. Yeah, I don't think you ever beat him. No, 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 stage. no, not even not even close. Um, so, man, thank you guys so much. Uh, I'll, I'll, I just have to put this up because I, you know, I, everyone I, I know is <laughs> is getting into pickleball, and yeah, I think you're right. And I'm I think you're right. I'm I'm getting into it as well. I, I am a a tennis guy transitioning over into pickleball and uh our whole family is getting into it um shout out to bob and lisa if you're if you're watching they're they're avid pickleball players in in the tri-cities area uh, i believe you and uh, you and mom are getting into it is that right trying to yeah trying to, trying to. <laughs> yeah. um it's you know it, it, well, she hasn't won a match yet she hasn't won a match yet <laughs> she's trying she's trying well, uh, it's probably an easy, it's a pretty, it's an easy game for ex tennis players like us. It's not, but, it's not um, an easy game. It, there's so much strategy involved and easier physically. Yeah. It's to me, it's just, you know, it's so much strategy. You can hit the ball as hard as you want. It doesn't go anywhere, but, um, but, but it's a fun game. It's, it's an awesome game. I agree with you. I love it. Tennis is tough when you get older. It's just, you just can't play that good. It's too hard. You it's a hard game. This is one of the hardest sports out there. Besides golf, it's probably the hardest sport out there. I think. Well, I, I am. We're, we are pickleball fans, uh, so we encourage everybody to go, go out there and play some pickleball, Lucille. Um, we're gonna, we're probably gonna do the same here in the next uh, couple days. I know, I know, I'm gonna try to. Um, but that's gonna do it for tonight, guys. Uh, we really appreciate y'all hanging out. Uh, Tuesday nights live Q and A show. We do this every single week. Uh, Tuesdays at around seven o'clock. Uh, we answered this type, these types of questions, um, real quick, just because 
let's because Nikki's been in here. I, I and I missed this. I'm sorry. Uh, real quick, Doc, what, what vitamins do you recommend for teen boys? Is this more of just your normal? Um, teen boys, I recommend vitamin G for girls. Teen. <laughs> uh, Nikki, he's he's I'm not. Such, I'm in such a good mood tonight for some reason. <laughs> uh, but anyway, no vitamin D over anything. I mean, always vitamin D. Okay. Um, and then C, vitamin C, of course. Um, I like a good multivitamin. You know, they don't need a bunch of vitamins like I have to take, but definitely a good multi, vitamin D, check the levels, make sure it's up there, and vitamin C. Those are those are the three you should definitely be on. Okay. For sure. All right. Thank you for that question. Uh, Nikki, thank you guys for being here. I'm going to see, let's see. And have them drink athletic greens or a green drink like that, especially if they eat like most teenage boys do, you know, not a great diet. Have them drink the, the athletic greens, especially if they're athletic, they want to get better. Um, I love athletic greens. That's a great um, suggestion. I, I've, I've actually really wanted to start that myself. I need to, I need to try that. I've heard only, only good things. Um, guys, uh, thank you so much. Um, as we said earlier, if you guys want to be a, a part of our email list, we send out uh, Performance Weekly every single Tuesday. Um, it has our entire content for the whole week kind of packaged up in a, in a beautiful little email. Uh, Tuesdays at 1230, that comes out. Uh, you can email me. Just email ben at performancemedicine.net. Uh, put in the subject line email list. That'll kind of uh, get my eyes to it. So I'll make to make sure to get you on the list for for next week. Um, and if you have not subscribed to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We are teaching people how to do this integrative medicine thing. We're we're talking about functional medicine. You know, uh, we're we're putting we're, what what our aim is is to put control back into your hands. Put your the control of your health back into your hands, so you don't feel like uh, you're being reactive. Um, we're trying to help everybody be, uh, proactive. Uh, that's Dr. Rogers goal. And, and that's what we're trying to do with the YouTube channel. So subscribe over there. Dr. Rogers, I, I appreciate you hanging out tonight, man. You, Thanks, man. That was uh, a good one. this was a, this was a fun one. Uh, guys, we love you. Thank you so much for, for being here live with us. Uh, as always, we will see you guys next time, Tuesday, seven o'clock. We will be back until then. See you guys later. Don't go away. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.